0: Hello, and welcome back to Film Talk, and better yet said, a la cosa. Ooh, <laughs> did it! First try! <laughs> so, let's, let's talk about it. Spooky season, part two, Electric Boogaloo. Um, season two of Stranger Things specifically, we are talking all the things. Um, what better way to introduce this other than the season has rights, and we're going to tell you why.
1: And now for the super cool animated intro that a lot of people like to watch. Hey everyone, welcome back to Film Talk, a podcast where two gals talk film, television, and everything in between the reels. I'm your host, Eliana Melendez, and I am joined here today by my ever so lovely co host, Miss Josie Melendez, and yes. we are filming together, which is not a sight you see every single day. So um, we are back with Tarrara La Cosa to talk about season two during our spooky season, Stranger Things recap series that we're doing every day until November 6th, which is Stranger Things Day. Um, So stay tuned every week so that you can catch us um, revisiting um, a show that we really love. And it's just such a widely beloved show and honestly has been so much fun to rewatch, especially during Halloween. And season two was a really interesting one to follow up with how much we raved about season one, because, like you said earlier, season two has rights. Season two is bitching. It is bitching. If you couldn't tell already, <laughs> she's eleven, I'm eight. we're We're trying to channel you know, the essence of, of each it. season. <laughs> yeah. as we go on, you know, l- you know, last episode, she was Mike, and I stand by that. God damn it. <laughs> So Josie, as our resident, you know, season two defender, let's talk about it. I think
0: um, I was going to leave this for later, but let's open with it. Uh, Season two does get a bad rep. It is one of the seasons that promoted the whole, like, Stranger Things Should Have Ended with season one. Right. Which, honestly, I love season two, re-exploring it. You like it too a lot. And it's mostly because it's a good season obviously. And a lot of people hate on it because of episode 7. Mm-hmm. Which let's talk about it. The cold open, the cold open sets up episode 7.
1: Yeah. Talking about like the cold open sets up not only episode 7, but it just kind of sets the tone. <laughs> it just brings us back with a good old car chase because it was honestly a good car chase. And yes, it is perhaps a little bit jarring to get a cold open that we don't get back to until like 7 episodes later, but also mm-hmm. All of these episodes drop on the same day. So we all know that we were watching it, you know, throughout the weekend mm-hmm. when it came out. But yeah, I think again, it brings us back to Hawkins, Indiana. It brings us back to our beloved characters just a year later, set a year later after mm-hmm. the first season. And we get to see Will, you know, and his family still recovering from the trauma of season one. And, you know, at re-watching it, I realized, shit, wait. Will's barely in Stranger Things in the first season. Mm-hmm. Like Noah Schnapp actually schnapps off in season two. <laughs> <laughs> I hated that just as much as all of you listening. Don't worry about it. So yeah, I think it's really Will's season. Yeah. And it remains Will's season until I think season five is going to bring us back to that um you know with Eleven I think Eleven and and Will are kind of a die out of the force yeah (laughs) because season three kind of
0: plays around
1: with it because it's the
0: first time that and we'll discuss this obviously in that episode it's the first time that he's he actually gets to be normal Mm -hmm. yeah and that's why he has so many frictions with so many other people in the group because all like they're being teenagers they're, they're they're young they're getting in pairings and all that and he's left to himself because of course mm-hmm. no matter what they say um will is
1: queer so well not- and will's been queer since episode one they've been hinting at it so that's since the, the first
0: episode So that's the thing in season two uh, we really dive into the trauma because of course this season takes away a lot from the exorcist mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's what he goes through he goes through a possession from the mind flayer and all of the trauma that's built up from first season and the second season, like, rises to, like, the maximum mm-hmm. point in this one. And then season three, like, deals with that in a better sense. Mm-hmm. Then season four is, like, the most normal season for him, <laughs> which
1: is Which great. is so, it's yeah. so wild. But, it took all of that. But, yeah, like,
0: with all this conversation about season three and four, which we will discuss later, but mm-hmm. I'm mentioning it because Will is such an important character. The entire show revolves around his presence. He's mm-hmm. the catalyst of the show. And because people,
1: you know, you normally you would think Eleven is like Mm -hmm. basically the star of the show, but truly Will is just as if not more important than Eleven. Yeah.
0: Like you can't have the show without either of them. If you don't have Eleven, you don't have the show. But also if you don't have Will, you don't have a problem. Mm-hmm. And Which is not, he which is the not to say that Will is a problem It's, it's just that the world is just testing conflict. him <laughs> The world is testing him and he didn't study <laughs> And he needs a break Because he's just a kid And um, now that we're talking about it Just spitballing here because this is a conversation Before I forget, one thing that I found very interesting Is that at the end of season 2 And I know I'm jumping But like Parkour! I just want th- to discuss it <laughs> Because at the end of season 2 Talking about uh, queerness when all of the kids are getting asked out at the snowball Mm -hmm. will gets asked out and he freaks out and the first person he looks at is mike and mike is like go and i'm like i paused it i have to go back and i'm like he literally like will turns to mike because he does not he's you would think that it's just a a small boy just being like no i don't want to dance oh my god i'm so nervous because also like he is Mm -hmm. a shy kid he's very reserved so it's understandable Mm -hmm. within His character, but also the fact that he just makes straight eye contact with Mike and Mike is like, go dance with her. And I'm Mm -hmm. like,
1: knowing what we know now, I'm like, they can't and I will not be gaslit. (laughs) Listen, they are Luca and Alberto. And you cannot tell me otherwise, (laughs) because let's talk about we always talk about like Will, you know, Will's not exactly one to pine over Mike. He is very, very close with Mike and he depends on Mike. Mike is the most fierce protector of will, especially in this season. Like he he screamed and fought for him constantly. I mean, even from season one, he always believed that he was out there and he was alive. Um but in season two, Mike was like the main person, if not the only person to really notice and see mm-hmm. Will be not okay and be concerned and take care of him which was
0: also from a selfish standpoint because mike was obviously super peeved because um max is trying to infiltrate mm-hmm. the group quote unquote mm-hmm. and he misses 11 so he holds on to him that's not a bad thing because it's also very curious that there is such a connection between the two of them considering that in season one dustin is like oh like lucas and you like your best friends like i get it i'm not taking it personally because i joined the group way later but also in this season, um, in one of my favorite scenes, which we'll discuss a little bit more later, um, mm-hmm. they're trying to remind Will of who he is. And Mike has so many memories with him that it's like there's a genuine connection, like love and care there.
1: Yeah. Like he could say it's brotherly love, maybe for Mike, but like... Because Mike is also such a clueless fuck. <laughs> he really is. And Lucas tells him in season one, he's like, you are so oblivious. And that's you know there's just people like that and, and it Dustin makes it interesting. Also tells him so. Dustin,
0: honestly, I mean he's clearly oblivious if he showed up to California dressed like that.
1: <laughs> drag her, slay her, sipping on that true tea, hunty. Oh. Gag.
0: <laughs> Everybody makes fun of it. I'm not
1: the only one. <laughs> you didn't have to drag him two episodes earlier, <laughs> <laughs> ahead of schedule oh my god um but yeah I think um season two is is also a focus season because mm-hmm. we do focus on will trying to readjust um and, and heal from his trauma and it's really freaking impossible for him mm-hmm. um and then on the other side of the card like again on the other side of will we have 11 and we explore 11 trying to adjust to actually for the first time being a child and and having a true parental figure in her life um not just you know some authority that was controlling her but actual like an actual parent so seeing that relationship um bloom with her and hopper and it just you know it's not peaches and cream from Mm -hmm. the the first day she's a spoiled brat he also has his traumas that his damage that he's dragging on and projecting onto her and they're both people that have experienced loss and are trying to deal with that in their own way as they find a way to, you know, have a parental, you know, child, parent-child mm-hmm. relationship. Um, so it's really interesting to see that, though they don't share as much screen time as they do in season three. Um, there is still that very, very clear connection between those two characters. Yeah. Joyce still turns it the fuck up here <laughs> let's you know and obviously not she doesn't get the spotlight as much as she does in season one mm-hmm. but it's with reason she has to share yeah. it with will and that re- dynamic between them just really really cements Noah Schnapp and like uh Winona Ryder as like the best actors of the show in my opinion and she
0: did win an award for um the Fangoria like Chainsaw Awards mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken that's the title um which I just read because I wanted to know if they got some more recognition with the season And there was more attention after season one, which is good. I mean, we've Mm -hmm. seen it, it's clear. Um, before we jump into Jane and Jim, um, eight. So we start with a car scene and we introduce, um, eight. Mm -hmm. Uh, the lost sister which is episode seven or chapter seven if you prefer that (laughs) we're
1: gonna be bougie (laughs) about it
0: (laughs) and we see her journey and her relationship with 11 and how they used to be kids which i'm still trying to wrap my mind around Mm -hmm. what happened to her considering what we've seen in season four right i really want to know where they're going because it would really hurt me if they just took her out completely and this is where i'm going with this um season 2 I think is one of the least liked of Stranger Things because of racism.
1: There is, I think season 2 has the most POC. It has two. the most black people in the, <laughs> the entire yeah. freaking series. Season 2 is like a, hmm, yeah. and nobody likes it. Yeah.
0: Interesting. We're we're just saying it as we see it. Season two has the most black people. It um adds more background to Lucas. It also And his family. And his family, we introduce Erica, mm-hmm. who is like a fan favorite from there on out. Mm-hmm. And we actually like in general, more of the parents show up, we see more of their relationships and we're able to expand on that because yeah. we've all we already have the luxury of knowing these characters. Mm-hmm. But specifically, like, even Lucas, he has that little conversation when they dress up as uh, Ghostbusters for Mm -hmm. school. He's like, why do I have to be the black character? Because I'm black. Winston, yeah. Yeah, and just that whole conversation. So... At least the Duffer brothers were self-aware mm-hmm. and they tried to remedy it, but then...
1: They, they were- weren't trying... It was like their first attempt of not making this story colorblind because he, you know, Lucas is like the only black kid, mm-hmm. aside from his sister, in this whole neighborhood in the 1980s. And, and you know, that still has its... Repercussions. There is still a historical context and a, so- a socio-historical context there um, that shouldn't really be ignored because then that would just kind of be, you know, blissful ignorance, mm-hmm. um, which we do see with
0: Billy. Yes, which a lot of people tend to like. I don't know if ignore if it's ignoring it or simply forgetting the fact of how he treated Lucas in mm-hmm. that season. And it was very implied. This is one of the most aggressive and most violent seasons, considering everything that's happened in these four seasons. But oh, we yeah. do see. Um, billy just being super aggressive with
1: lucas and mm-hmm. his commentary and then you're like it's being outwardly racist yeah this to him. dude's racist this dude's racist and max like acknowledging that and not mm-hmm. saying oh my god Billy, not being racist like no like genuinely
0: she's telling. Afraid Lu- she's yeah.
1: afraid of him um and genuinely trying you know as much as she tries to pretend that she doesn't really care for lucas she's genuinely tries to protect him from Mm -hmm. her her brother and she
0: talks about it like Mm -hmm. sorry if i'm a jerk i'm just angry all the like i guess i'm angry all the time too because it's not fair the living situation is Mm -hmm. not good and it gets worse in season four Mm -hmm. but um closing that the like the point of that whole aspect of this conversation is that we see a lot with uh kenobi right we see it with um rings of power we mm-hmm. saw it with The Last Jedi.
1: Even House of Dragon. Mm-hmm.
0: So I mean, every time
1: you have people of color in, you know, a fan... You know, more of a fi- fantasy sci-fi setting, a little bit more mm-hmm. of a fandom <laughs> series or movie. You, I mean, Prey. You, I Prey mean... Prey wasn't released in theaters. <laughs> Prey wasn't even released in theaters, and it did so well. And it was on Hulu. So, you know, yeah. imagine that.
0: So, my my whole thing with this is bring back eight... <laughs> I think
1: eight really does fit into season five's narrative somehow because it was the first time that we actually got to see that there were more kids like 11, which really expanded the lore for, um, you know, the Hawkins lab Mm -hmm. and, and that whole operation there with Dr. Brenner. So, you know. I think eight is still out there and especially, you know, with the upside down bleeding into um, the, you know, our world. Mm -hmm. Um, I think if there were any a time to have like an Avengers, you know, team up moment, (laughs) it would be season five. Yeah, it's clearly just her from what we know, because at least in season four,
0: they kind of retconned everything by murdering all the kids, the younglings. Yeah. And younglings. Yeah, the younglings. (laughs) But, but that's the thing; she escaped before that. Yeah, but that's I, I need to I need to rewatch because that all, like it has me confused with the timeline. The t- the way that they're changing things with season four has confused me a bit with where the show is going in terms of the timeline. Mm-hmm. But I'm just ready for it to all come out and then me go back and like trace it on my own. <laughs> She's gonna do
1: the conspiracy theory, yeah. red string and all that. But like I genuinely think because eight had said. Um, one day you just stopped coming to the rainbow room. Mm-hmm. And I think it was because Eleven was like, you know, she was still little because Eleven's younger. Yeah. Um, and Dr. Brenner had like taken her under his wing because he noticed that yeah. she was more powerful. Also, because Eight doesn't have the same powers.
0: Exactly. So also like in season four, we do see all the other kids, but all the other kids that are with Eleven and are kind of bullying her.
1: Or that um, have the same
0: powers. Have the same powers and she doesn't. So maybe she was like in another room or like, mm-hmm, you know, all that sh- And she jazz. did escape.
1: <laughs> she did escape a lot yeah. earlier because of that. Because of her powers, but I feel like that's like a way to make sense of it. Duffer Brothers, mm-hmm. you can, you know, take note. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> this is why we're
0: discussing it. Bring her back. That's all we want to say. So, Bring her back. <laughs> going back to Jim and Jane, mm-hmm. uh, really JJ. loved it. JJ, really (laughs) loved their dynamic. I thought it was very wholesome and that reveal. And also when he's dancing and they're like sprucing up the house. I just, I love Jim Hopper. And David Harbour is just so so infinitely charismatic. That's why season three just hurt me so much. And we'll get into that. Like I'm getting emotional right now because I remember season (laughs) three hurt me. I remember I was rewatching. I rewatched season three twice the same day it came out. Jesus, (laughs)
1: because
0: I love these characters. No, that's the thing. I just, it just goes to show, like, the show, it's very comforting. You get these characters, Mm -hmm. especially, like, David Harbour puts so much into Jim Hopper. And, yes, he's super flawed, anti-hero by Taylor Swift plays in the background. (laughs) Because it's, he's he's also just a character you can relate to because (laughs) self-loathing. He has such self-loathing for himself, but he still tries to help and he still tries to protect. And we see that later on with Eddie Munson, which I'm, like, I don't know why he sacrificed himself, but even despite a whole town Mm -hmm. going after him, he's still willing to, like, protect it. And then we Mm -hmm. see that also with Bob, who, like, clearly... Bob and not the builder. Bob, not the builder, or the minion. (laughs) And um, Bob in this season, he talks about, it like, he was Bob the Brain, mm-hmm. and he's, like, so, like, simping over Joyce, like, I oh. got Joyce Spires? I'm yeah. like, look at me, I'm dating her now. Back he to Batty. Yeah, he was, <laughs> he, he, he
1: was the founder of the AV club, mm-hmm. so. Just a great A simp. Sean Astin, you absolute <laughs> legend of a man.
0: <laughs> so all these characters that just were bullied or made fun of growing up or have just been ostracized by the mm-hmm. society or just like, made fun of in general. Because the misfits. Lot, yeah, because a lot of people are like, Jim Hopper, he doesn't do anything for anyone. Mm-hmm. Like, he's like, sucks as a cop or like a detective and like a chief. Mm-hmm. But then look at him, like... Like, more he, than a cop he's a dad yeah And then he, <laughs> he, getting that on a t-shirt he gets <laughs> so freaking surprised when people actually showed up at his funeral and that gets me every time yeah but again that's moving on forward um mm-hmm. yeah I just really like their, their dynamic this season I because spe- it's it's flawed Mm-hmm. But it's real. It's these two it people that are. It is very real. It's
1: very much. Even if, the, you know, they, they've only been with living with each other mm-hmm. for a year. Showed very much a classic father-daughter dynamic, even if that was his biological daughter he'd raised yeah. her whole life. You know, very, very relatable stuff here, you know. It just has beautiful
0: irony because he's teaching her how to communicate. He's teaching her Morse code. He's teaching her just mm-hmm. so many things, words, like vocabulary, um, grammar, etc. Mm-hmm. He's being more than a dad. He's being a teacher. Yeah, and he's a teaching caregiver. her how to be a human. And yet, like, despite all those ways that he's showing her how to communicate with each other, but also with the world, if their communication sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Because
1: they're not really seeing but it's each charming. other.
0: Exactly. They're just not really seeing each other. So I, I'm just saying I, I I
1: love how human it is. Yeah. I, I, I genuinely think that it is such a good dynamic. And, you know, once again, power of twos here. Mm-hmm. Um, we have their parent-child dynamic. And then we have um, Joyce with Will. Because Joyce is also very overprotective. But she's, you know, with, with more than enough good reason right now. Especially because of everything that's happened and you know she is the most in tune with will as as a human being truly because you know that's that's her kid and you know yes she is very close with jonathan but she knows that will needs that extra help and that extra love because he has been through some shit he's a sensitive kid he is a very very smart kid and again, everything that he's been through and everything he deals with and the the way that he tries to be more mature than he probably should have to be for his age. She has to, She you know, she tends to try to be in tune with that. And I think that dynamic of, especially in this season where we get those exorcist vibes, where he is possessed, where he is kind of, you know, he's the face of the that we have for the villain because mm-hmm. we don't really see the mind flare here like mm-hmm. we do in season three later on. Um the mind flare is, you know, manifesting itself through Will. So Will does become am I the bad guy? Am I the drama? <laughs> the drama? Will season two, am I the drama? <laughs> but like getting back to that, um having to see Joyce Come to terms that, like, Will is not entirely there and she has to make some really hard choices. Like, when she had to knock him out because he didn't, you know, he couldn't convince her. Because she is not so easily convinced. Because the Mind Flayer was really depending on her just being a very, you know, blind mother. Like, mm-hmm. And he, the Mind Flayer did the worst thing possible. Underestimate Joyce freaking <laughs> buyers. Are you kidding me? You're going to try and trick her? The woman who literally e- spoke to Christmas lights, saying that her kid was still alive, even though she saw a body. Come on, man.
0: Yeah. And be re-
1: be serious.
0: Be real. Not sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing is that um with this season, Noah Schnapp, as you said earlier. Snapped. He schnapped. He snapped. He did just... He's the MVP of the season. I'm getting oh, ahead of yeah. myself. But I think we don't give enough credit to child actors. And Noah Schnapp wasn't as present in season one and yet gave a great performance. Oh, yeah. um, all the child actors, they've just done such a great job. And But season two, going back to that specific moment when the demodogs are going into the lab and Joyce is like, who am I? You see it in his face. Like, he's like the mind. Like, you immediately know the mind flayer is trying to access his memories mm-hmm. because he probably doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> and he's like, your mom, mom, trying to convince her. And she's like, my kid is still in there, but he's not talking right now. I'm yeah. not talking with my child. Mm-hmm. I'm talking with a freaking demon. <laughs> and <laughs> so she
1: she knocks him out. And all these things- heartbreaking like I felt for her I'm like imagine having to do like knock your own kid out like you know perhaps it's not like the most serious thing ever but they just grabbed a random fucking needle (laughs) it's not not worse than it's not worse than freaking Nancy
0: freaking poking him with the poker that's true she literally
1: said bye bitch But Nancy Ma- Nancy is a little more hardcore. Yeah. Nancy's an eldest daughter. Yeah, because they were
0: turning out the heat because of course they have to make the hosts uninhabitable. Mm-hmm. And Jonathan is there crying into Nancy's shoulder and Nancy is like, "I'm finishing this." Mm-hmm. Your mom has a point. Yeah. Blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he left. Yeah. Be gone thought. Yeah. But what else um Bob Let's John has to do another MVP of the season. Really, like came in, do what he had to do, and left a just very sad <laughs> departure. He he did not leave. He did not. He did not exit the stage. He just stayed there. <laughs> the stage exited for him. <laughs> he just stayed there for all of us to see. And I was like, oh, how dare they? I remember the first time I saw it. I'm like, oh my god, they 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 they, they murdered. <laughs> <laughs> the demo dogs were feeding. Yeah. That was brutal. I remember a lot
1: of people were like, "Yo, Jesus, Str- Stranger Things, what the heck?" No, Stranger Things. Like you know, when you rewatch it after a while, you're like, "Wait, Stranger Things is pretty freaking mature." Yeah, it is really like I wouldn't let like really 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 young kids watch, no. like younger than ten eleven years old. I wouldn't let them. That's pushing it. <laughs> well, that's because of me. <laughs> yeah, because I saw The Grudge at like nine, and that was not a yeah, good idea. That, no. <laughs> Sean Astin being cast in season two was just the
0: creme de la creme, cherry on top. <laughs> the fact that people were like, oh, you mean the guy from Stranger Things? And it's like, respect his name. He did not
1: lead Frodo
0: to Mordor <laughs> and
1: save his life from greed for nothing. That and the just calling him the guy from Lord of the Rings... The dude from freaking Goonies, yeah. are you kidding me? The which, little belly dance? Which
0: they freaking rec- like recognize him for that yeah. in this season. And I like...
1: It's it's honestly, he's so funny, he's such a fun actor. Um, I honestly wish I could meet him someday. I think because he's such a legend because he knows he's, you know, he is the MVP and supporting mm. characters. Yeah. And I think supporting characters are just as important and I don't think that they should be um, just forgotten.
0: He was just so kooky. He had fun. He I kooky. mean when he's like dressed as a vampire, he's like victims.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then just goes
0: through the door for the But he was or also treaters. useful. That's the yeah. thing. He
1: wasn't just there to let's, be, you know, goofy. Let's talk about it. <laughs> he
0: goes to the house, brings games for Will. Because he wants Will to feel better. When Jonathan is like, he's staying over now. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) But when he shows up and all this craziness is happening, Mm -hmm. and he's questioning it, but he's not stopping them. He's Mm -hmm. not gaslighting her like her ex-husband. He's still being supportive, but Mm -hmm. obviously not going in blind. He still has questions because he's an inquisitive person. Mm -hmm. But... Como yo te había otro día, and we were talking about this, and right. I love how you said, like, I mean, podría ser, bo- decri- de- like, described as un bobolón.
1: <laughs> he could but be bobolito, but, but he, he's that's brave. the thing, he's not an idiot, he's just, he, he's soft, yeah, he could be kind of just, you know, kind of too innocent and too nice for his own good, but he is brave, he's a courageous, trustful person. And I think that's what really makes him the MVP here. And I don't know, man, I think his relationship with Joyce was really interesting though Joyce, here's another another balance, little power balance here. We, we explored Joyce um, trying to heal from her own trauma with um, Bob. So Joyce and Bob um, are actually like a very, very realistic relationship. Um, But it wasn't toxic. It wasn't toxic. I think Bob was really good for her um, to also come into her own. (laughs) Which is why it hurt so much for her. Oh, yeah. It really hurt. Even though you could clearly see that she is actually in love with Jim. Mm -hmm. But Jim was not ready for that yet. And neither was she. And, you know, yes, they're basically co-parents. They're basically co-parents. Even as just friends. But... You know, it's just, ti- when it, the timing is everything. So when the timing was right, they actually did get together. And I really liked that we do get that slow burn. Yes. Yes, the scene of them smoking together and, if and speak- remem- remembering high school. If I speak about Jopper.
0: <laughs> Season two, I remember the first time we saw it, I was like,
1: <laughs> I will go down with this ship. Oh, yeah. I will go to this shit. Yep. Oh, that's why Titanic's your favorite movie? Maybe.
0: <laughs> Just put Joyce and Jim on top of the Titanic. That's me next oh my to them.
1: God. <laughs> that's an edit. That is an edit. I'll remember that one. Joyce and Bob were such an interesting example this season of, like, somebody in a relationship that is healing um, from a trauma and that other person is like helping them heal in a certain way versus Nancy <laughs> and Jonathan um, which you know very very perfectly put by Murray that sweet sweet trauma bond that that shared trauma is what connects them and is the only thing holding them together mm-hmm. that that is that is the basis of their relationship that is why that is the only reason they're together truly and that is also why they are growing apart because um especially in season four they they were literally just each other's trauma buddies that's it that is quite honestly it sure there was probably you know something more um emotionally but especially with nancy i mean Nancy was in a bad way and yes she got together with Steve after season one but Steve's way of healing uh from trauma was just ignoring it and that was not really the vibe for Nancy yeah (laughs) it's not the healthiest thing
0: Jonathan and Nancy had the same way of coping Mm -hmm. as opposed to Steve who has a different way of coping with everything because he also Mm -hmm. like mentions that his dad is abusive or a jerk and his best thing is to just drink, party, just mm-hmm. pretend he's an actual teenager instead of, like, letting everything else ruin that for him. So he actually wants to enjoy his um, his adolescence. Yeah. But Nancy is much more mature and she definitely wants to handle it in a more mature way. Mm-hmm. But that also comes in between, like, living her life because she's so focused on this trauma and she just wants to do everything she can to solve it Mm -hmm. and to bring justice. And the guilt. Yeah. But also, like, C recognizes, hey, we signed a lot of papers. We
1: can't really talk about shit. Mm Mm-hmm. But they do find a way around it. Mm-hmm. They do, but that that is the thing with Nancy, and I think that it was such is such a good um, setup for how she does eventually go to the Hawkins Post mm-hmm. and does eventually like blossom as a journalist because that's that's truly where her character is going. Like I, I have no doubts that season five will end with her being you know, you know, I don't know, twenty years into the future working for CNN or some shit or the Washington Post. <laughs> like I, I genuinely see that. This is a kind of cringe, perhaps, but it's it is where I see her character going. And I don't know, Is she just has more of a sense of responsibility than Steve does in season two. Um, Steve is much more, I suppose, like small picture minded, a little bit more family, family oriented, hence he is so protective um, of Dustin and you know his adopted kids eventually
0: <laughs> world's greatest babysitter let's talk about it okay yeah. Dustin and Steve were born and the dynamic was born this season romance it's wonderful it's beautiful mm-hmm. um Sadie Sink was introduced this season as uh Ad Max mm-hmm. better Maxine Max let's go with it uh, great dynamic Um, I like that in season 3 we see that evolve between her and Eleven because this season was very kind of misogynistic mm-hmm. but the whole like comp- competitive nature between the two of them that yeah. Mike basically instills because he's just jealous of another girl joining their party
1: yeah Um, but we fixed that in season 2 so that's great it but- was also it felt like it felt like it was misogynistic for a reason, because, mm-hmm. again, this is also children in the 80s. Yeah. You know, it's very much a normal thing for, for kids to go through. And, you know, 11, Eleven just, you know, immediately going towards uh, jumping to, oh, that's an enemy. Um, But I do love that they actually blossom in season three. Yeah. and They actually see each other as friends and, uh, you know, as fellow women.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um... That whole scene when they're at the junkyard, mm-hmm. love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lucas and Sadie, like Lucas and Max, blossoming. Love yeah. that. Um, freaking Dustin with Dart trying to impress, <laughs> trying to
1: impress Maxine. Scene. D'Art- D'Artagnan, 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 which is a D and D, another D and D name. It, it is, I believe, a name from the Feywild. So of course he named this interdimensional slug of something from the Wild. <laughs> I just think that's funny.
0: Yeah, that then turns out to be a demodog dog. And mm-hmm. Jurassic Park vibes when the whole fucking oh, yeah. lab goes dark. Oh, yes. And Bob, because he's the one, like, you don't know basic. Do you want me to teach you French and German while you're at it? <laughs> <laughs> like, pop off, Bob. Yeah. Um, But the sad moment is that... Mm-hmm. The Jurassic Park vibes with the Velociraptors, mm. with the demodogs. What can I say? Um Bob dies. We lose a simp. For simping. He dies because <laughs> he simped too close to the sun. dude was literally home free. Yeah. He was he was out. Yeah. That door was gonna hold if he had gotten to the like the front door. But he saw Joyce and he was so relieved and he just, he simped. He simped. Then he was attacked.
1: <laughs> he simped, he limped, and then he dipped.
0: And then Jim <laughs> tried to help, but then all the other ones like showed up and it was yeah. like,
1: mm, nah, he's gone. And that is so sad. Yeah. And then, you know, that's kind of like cementing the trope of the Duffer brothers introducing. You um, have a B name? You did. Yep. <laughs> Honestly, if, if you Bob. have, if you're a new
0: character, Barb, <laughs> Benny, there's a pattern here. Who hurt you, Duffer brother? Betty,
1: Benny. Betty Bunsen,
0: Benny. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but honestly, it's that trope of like introducing a new character. If you're a new char- if you're new to Stranger Things and you're you are like a fan favorite, you're gonna die, and that's it. I'm shocked Max is still alive, and I think she should have died in season four. Versus what they did to her, but we'll get to that in the season we'll four get episode.
0: To that. That's the, that's a tease. <laughs> that's a teaser, because it's está fuerte la cosa. La cosa. <laughs> está fuerte la cosa that's, con. That's our, rough, if, buddy. Max. Oh yeah, but you know Betty Buns. Betty Buns. <laughs> <laughs> they really did that on purpose. Like he doesn't have a B name. He's not gonna die. And then mm-hmm. like, <laughs> it's like he did. But going back, Bob died for being a simp. Mm-hmm. Um
1: Billy. Freaking Billy.
0: Billy! Another B name! Season four! Season three, sorry.
1: Eddie Munson was really just the odd one out.
0: Yeah. Wow.
1: I know. I don't I don't know what's logic there. That's, That's crazy. I, I know. I just wanna talk. Buffer <laughs> Brothers, what's up? I I mean I know that they don't really They don't think everything through because imagine having to, like, re-edit your earlier seasons so that shit makes sense.
0: (laughs) But honestly, I think that's, like, going back in a full circle moment. Mm -hmm. Season 2 is one of my favorites because there is intention there. Mm -hmm. Season 3 and 4 definitely feel like their own things that is kind of, like, adding more to the world than continuing it. Because season 2 is, like, a clear thread. When you watch season 1 and season 2 right after the other... It follows, because season one, I mean, when Will throws up the slug and everything, there is a connective tissue there. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, um, Billy gets his comeuppets after beating up our baby boy, Steve, who then is like, stop the car! (laughs) Which I love. I I loved rewatching the season, because then I went, like, after I hadn't rewatched the Mm seasons as I usually do before season four. So doing this now, after watching season four, when Steve says, like... You're not driving my car again, to Max. I didn't catch that when I watched <laughs> season four, but then this one, I'm like, right, dude was straight up traumatized yeah. that this redhead was driving his was driving her brother's car. Yep, yep, yep. At the speed of light, because that car vrooms. It vrooms. <laughs> it vrooms. <laughs> it's vroomen. Yeah, I mean Billy almost like again horrible because the whole point of Stranger mm-hmm. Things is like you have the mythological like otherworldly mm-hmm. um, villains and like antagonistic force, and then you have the real. Forces and like the real antagonistic forces mm-hmm. in life and billy was one of them mm-hmm. and yeah dude almost literally ran over the
1: kids he really did i mean the humans are the real monsters humans are the real monsters it's ryan, mo-
0: <laughs> ryan murphy moment ryan murphy moment oh my god
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> jesus but um yeah,
0: yeah closing up um, if I'm looking at my
1: phone, it's because I have notes. <laughs> it's it's for a reason. It's a tool because yes. we are focused. We are professionals. And honestly, it was so fun. Bu- it was so much fun rewatching season two. Yeah. Um, again, Sh- we already mentioned our yeah. MVP, Sh- yeah. Will. Yeah. Shout out to Dr.
0: Owens Paul Razor. I thought he was really great in the season oh, yeah. and I'm glad we got him again in season four. I remember a lot of people were happy to see him again, and I was one of those people.
1: I was one of those people who was like, Who the fuck is that?
0: <laughs> who the fuck is that? <laughs> Introduce the
1: clip there, yes. <laughs> I was like, Wait a
0: minute, what the fuck is that? I had no. to Google him,
1: it was bad. It and was bad. bad. I'm like, Oh my god, who is this? And then I re-watched, I rewatched season two, and I'm like, Oh shit. And it's so good that he's there in season four
0: because he's a really good buffer between Eleven and um, mm-hmm. Papa, 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 can you hear me? But yes, um, last two points my favorite season, uh, that I hinted at earlier um my favorite moment of the season sorry mm-hmm. is when will is tapping the chair and they're playing uh should i say or should i go and they're mm-hmm. trying to like remind him um of who he is so they can like destroy like or yeah defeat the mind flayer so that's my favorite moment mm-hmm. of the season what is yours Ooh, um
1: I, it's gonna be silly I really love the moment where Hopper is in the tunnels. I believe it's at the end of season, uh, at the end of episode four, between episode four and episode five, where he's alone in the tunnels. um, And he tries to dig himself out. It was giving very much um, alien, aliens, aliens, yeah, he tries to dig himself out and I'm like, okay, go off Uma Thurman, Kill Bill, <laughs> trying to dig yourself out of the ground. Look at you. Oh, and you failed. Okay, cool. Um, and then, you know, he gets wrapped up and it's, it's given, you know, alien vibes again. But I did get, you know, I did get a little Kill Bill there. Right. <laughs> but I really, I don't know, I just really like that sequence because it is, again, I really like when Stranger Things just really lets loose on being very eerie and just like keeping the stakes high. Because they yeah. only have eight episodes, too. To yeah. do this
0: and also this season just popped off like they got a bigger budget which mm-hmm. it bothered me a little bit because the practical effects on the first season were so endearing mm-hmm. and then this time when 11 is running down the hallway at the school and the vines aren't don't look the same as in the first one because right. it's CGI it's not they're not actually mm-hmm. there and or maybe they are but you know you can tell the difference yeah and they look more fake yeah especially when uh Joyce and Jim are walking around the upside down in season one it just looks like you could you could feel it you there was touch texture it. And that's that thing, but mm-hmm. um, the music definitely, like, oh, yeah. um, everything that makes Stranger Things like se- was cemented in uh, season two. The music, the visuals, the synth um, score, yeah, the synth score when they're preparing for the junkyard that song, yeah, um, so good. And yeah, I guess the other thing is that um, this season also like very much cements the whole Dungeons and Dragon aspects, especially oh, yeah. in episode. Eight Mm -hmm. when Eleven shows up at the house and um, they're all holding different weapons. And, yeah. like, Will uh, Mike has something that looks like a chalice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lucas has his little slingshot. Mm-hmm. And Nancy has a gun, of course. Mm-hmm. So each of them have something that represents what their class might be on it. Dungeons & Dragons.
1: Yeah, I think I'm going to close, like, with this. I'm going to, like, make a little chart of, like, who's, yeah. who's who, whose class is what. I'm going to think on it. Yeah. Um, I'm sure somebody has already done it, but I I'm going to do my take. I googled, and there are some
0: charts, but they don't have all the characters. Like, I couldn't find Ooh. one for Nancy. Nancy,
1: Nancy is an artificer. Yeah, full stop. She Someone's... is my steampunky weapons queen. Yeah. Someone She's put crafty. Dustin
0: is an artificer.
1: Really? Yeah, I could see that. Okay, okay. I can see, I can see he's either like an artificer or a warlock, like a little yeah. bit of both, a little bit of both. Lucas, I feel, could be the rogue. Um, I know Erica was also a rogue, and someone put Nancy as a rogue in one. Mm perhaps perhaps yeah they ex- they're out there yeah we'll, 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 we'll think on it because i think it's one. fun we saw <laughs> we were at the the movie study we were a film festival today um and we saw the dungeons and dragons honor amongst thieves uh poster and, and we were like hey! <laughs> excited. i'm excited is it probably gonna be super cringe perhaps but maybe so chris, is dungeons and dragons chris pine is in there
0: he's a bard we're fine it's that's fine. all that
1: matters so but, yeah um, who
0: did you identify with this season, so we both agree, Santa character no snap. Oh yeah. Um, follow quick follow up is probably Sean Astin. So those two. Oh yeah. Um, I related the most to Dustin this season.
1: Dustin, a little boy with a little crush. Well, I, 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 he's just so precious. I, I see so much of myself in Dustin. I'm like. <sighs> You're so you're so sweet. You're mm-hmm. so kind-hearted. Um, yeah, I don't want to really copy, but I feel like I do. Like I genuinely just kept falling because Dustin's my favorite character. Like I kept falling in love and love and love with Dustin as a character. So I really did see myself in him this season. Um, but honestly, uh, eleven, eleven's, um, journey, and I think that's also we can close on defending episode seven. Episode seven is crucial to eleven's development. Yeah. Episode seven really allows Eleven for the first time to exist in the world on her own, be her
0: own person. She's
1: she's being her own person, and that allowed her to finally put into perspective the importance of her friends and family. Because yeah, nobody's gonna save her, but the she can save them, and she. That's when she, you know, she finally learns, you know, a little bit of maturity, uh, responsibility. She feels responsible for for these people because at the end of the day, even though she doesn't really remember it, they took her in. It's the least
0: she can do. It's
1: the least she can do. And she kind of caused this, you know, Mm mm-hmm. At so it's like also day.
0: accepting responsibility in general, not just for these people, but for mm-hmm. what she has done, which wasn't even on purpose. Again, it just all circles back to the whole abuse that she experienced in the lab as a minor, mm-hmm. being taken advantage of by these people to be poked and prodded like a lab rat. Yep. Um, but she also gets to connect with her mother, who mm-hmm. has suffered the same like the same punishments through mm-hmm. these people, but obviously through to a bigger effect. Mm-hmm. Um So I think we are Episode 7 Defenders. I love Season 2. It's a solid season. If you don't like it because of Episode 7, I will not accept your argument.
1: (laughs) honestly and you know watching episode 7 I'm like yeah I can get that it can feel a little bit slow because it is so focused on I mean, her also you but just, also you end on the demodogs freaking yeah. infiltrating the lab
0: about to infiltrate it and it's a like, good
1: ending to like, that episode we need to go back Yeah. But also
0: like I can understand like watching it the first time it must be very jarring mm-hmm. but having had like having the knowledge that I have now I just go back and I'm like okay mm-hmm. it's time to chill and
1: hang out. the love <laughs> and these punk rockers. Yeah. I think um, it really goes to show that uh, even with a limited episode run, you it is possible to tell a complete story. It is possible to tell a balanced narrative. Mm-hmm. Take notes, Disney Marvel Plus. Disney Marvel Plus. <laughs> Take notes. Anyways, where can they find you, Josie? You can find me at the Josie Marie on Twitter and Letterboxd. And you can find me at Captain Melinda's on Twitter and Letterboxd. And you can subscribe and follow Film Talk on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen or watch podcasts. And you can follow us on Twitter at Film Talk. Before we go, what are you most looking forward to with season three? Alexi. I'm ready. (laughs) I I love Alexi. (laughs)
0: I love having my heart broken apparently because that death also like freaked me out. Yeah. Like, mm, mm, Lexi, they make us love characters and then kill them. They really but, do. But um, I guess the fashion, the mall. I really love the mall. Freaking Scoops ahoy everything. I love the aesthetic of season mm-hmm. three, so I'm happy to just jump into that again. I'm excited.
1: So, and I'm excited to record it, and I'm excited to talk about it and share it with all you guys. If you all have been listening along, watching along, um, and reading watching with us let us know in the comments who was your mvp of season two are you at episode seven defender um who do you relate to the most and what are you most excited for uh, when re-watching or if you already re season three what's 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 your favorite part of season three or what's your favorite part of season two what are you most excited for, for season three there we go let us know in the comments below respectfully um Stay tuned every week. Uh, We have two episodes left of this wonderful series, and I hope that you all are enjoying it. And if you want more, again, be sure to check out our channel and check out everything else that we have going on. In the meantime, stay spooky. And stay frosty, boys. Stay frosty, boys.